HVAC 360 is brought to you today by Hi-Viz Vests. Not getting enough attention on the job site? Get a Hi-Viz Vest and you too can be the talk of the trades. Okay, well maybe not, but at least you're not getting run over by the new guy driving the scissor lift. Reflect on your safety today with Hi-Viz Vests. here welcome back episode number 84 matt nelson here your host for hvac 360 where we help you go further and faster in the field of hvac these podcasts share stories interview experts and pile more onto your hvac knowledge pile uh if you're new here and you want additional information aside from this podcast uh you can always go to my website at hvac360.com and sign up for my list where i send out weekly nuggets of information uh for you to consume so what's up for this week well we're talking about training and our guest lecturer today is out of the big apple his name is Taurus McBride Ev and he is from Taurus Tech uh, he has been teaching in our industry for over 15 years. So whether you're new or old, getting the right training is going to position you to be ready when opportunity knocks next. Um, and it's kind of an unwritten rule here at HVAC 360 that you will always need to be learning. So please stick around after the interview where I'm going to share my three favorite takeaways from this conversation. So let's cut to the tape after a brief word from our sponsor. All right, today we're talking to Taurus McBride of Taurus Tech. How are you doing today, Taurus? I'm doing great. Fantastic. So I guess, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, yourself and, and the kind of training that you provide there at uh, Taurus Tech? Sure. Uh, basically, I provide um, certification and license preparation for um, people who want to work in uh, commercial, residential, industrial facilities management. Um, my main background is HVAC, but um, the field is actually much broader than just the, um, the heating and the uh, air conditioning system. So, um, uh, uh, yeah, basically I, I, I train people in everything that has to do with um, facilities management, including uh, the plumbing, the electrical, the fire safety, uh, the HVAC, Anything that's in the building, I, I train people for. So, Taurus, you, you've been an educator for a number of years. Um, what can the right training mean to those who kind of go through it? Sure. Um, when I talk about um, uh, training HVAC the right way, um, it, for me, it's, it's kind of a personal thing. Uh, in New York City, when I got into the field, there were a couple of different directions that you could go. You could go uh, to uh, some of the for-profit, larger for-profit schools like an Apex or a TCI. Um, and if you went to some of those schools, you'd probably have to take out some type of um, financial aid, um, a loan or a grant or something, and you know go to school for two or three years. Um, There's another route that I found about from a friend of mine, which was the building engineer route, um, where if there are shorter paths that you can go in order to do that, and um, the, the licenses that you would get would be at, a, at, a, at a, a different pay rate than just having an EPA license. 
And when I started working for the school that I attended, I would talk to many people who had gone that alternative route of going to some of those schools, which would cost twenty or thirty thousand dollars. Then they would have to come to the school that I was working at, and then have to pay, you know, four or five thousand more dollars. And it just frustrated me so much that, um, not to say that every for-profit school that teaches HVAC is bad or trying to hurt people, not what I believe. But what I do believe is nobody should sign up for a twenty or thirty thousand dollar course, uh, believing that they're going to get something and not being fully informed about what the options are in the market. Uh, so I don't want to just train people from the perspective of helping them pass a test. Um, I, I want to make sure that people are qualified to uh, uh, advance in this industry because there is no one certification or license that is going to you know, uh, give somebody a lifelong career or a six-figure career. There are a series of steps that people need to take in order to put them on the path to achieve those things. So that's what my objective is, is to educate people, not just about, you know, you know the, the ins and outs of a trade, but actually, you know, what is your individual career path and how, what can we do to set you on that path in the best way possible? So, so it basically going into HVAC, just, you know, it's, it's more about knowledge. It's more about, you know, here are your options and, and where can you go from there? Now, I mean, what, what kind of options are you, you looking at to, uh, you know, the, the different options for the people that you teach? What, what are some of their options? Certainly. So um, one of the things that happens when people go to some of the, um, the, the existing programs, um, in, in HVAC, there's, there's actually a, a, a number of different uh, areas in the field that people can work and what's, what's actually funny, I've actually been discovering a lot of this myself in the last couple of years, having my own training organization. When I used to teach people, people would come to my organization and I would basically say, uh, uh, we're going to do this course and I help people get their license and then they would leave and then I would say, good luck with your life. And what I would discover after a number of years is that people were having difficulty you know, pursuing these careers because there were a number of other licenses they needed and there were other skills that they needed. So if somebody's going to school for a year, two years, three years, are they really developing the skills that are going to allow them to do uh, um, uh, that particular job? What I mean by that is, okay, if I take a course and I, I, I learn how to braise once upon a time, do I really know how to do that? Or did I do it like six months or a year ago? Right. So there's, I mean, there is, and especially, is it something that you're going to use every day? I mean, these are some of the skills that, you know, you really have to kind of build on and, and, you know, if you're brazing, there's certain techniques. So it's, it's more about just, you know, going through once and, and, and learning about it. You got to kind of, you know, get that, you know, you might not necessarily do that on a daily basis. You're, you're actually not, actually most people really the funny thing is most people in most installations, the problems you'll see are probably electrical. Um, most people don't recover, you know, charge, evacuate. They don't constantly do that stuff. So the need for brazing is, is, infre- is infrequent. Um, but then when it does occur, if you haven't done it for a while, even on your job, do you really have that skill? Um, I was uh, recently in a situation where I was with a professional who had been doing it for 20, 30 years. And, you know, he was brazen in a, a, a four-way valve and heat pump, ended up messing up the TV. So, you know, these, these are complicated things that people need to practice. And currently, there's been no 
there's there from what I've seen, at least in New York City, there's no mechanism by which somebody can just go and practice skills. You can you can go to a school and you know go for several years, but there's there's no like club or something where somebody can just go and practice skills. And in addition to doing my certification training, that's what I wanted to also bring uh, to the arena was just you know having places where people can go to practice skills and get access to the different things that you may not see at, even you know in your job or at a school because there's so this this industry is so broad and even just the equipment is so broad and the scope is so wide you know people don't see it they're unaware of it when they try to get the jobs they they're even if you worked as a as an engineer or service tech for 20 30 years you have not seen everything so you know how do people acquire that knowledge that's really what I'm passionate about is having a mechanism whether it's through my online classes my online videos, my online resources, but in addition to that, having the HVAC camps where people can go, come, get their hands dirty, get their hands on the equipment, and we're we're actually going to be setting it up, you know, hopefully throughout the country, hopefully on a on a recurring basis every week, hopefully several times a week, several locations where people can just go and get their hands on equipment. So I mean, when once somebody goes through a training program, how do you, how how long do you think it takes to become you know for that training program to really become outdated? You know, I mean, how how long should they be? You know, when people are looking at at continual education, how often should they be uh, they looking at that? Well, um, that's a, that's a question that's actually much bigger than just HVAC in general. Unfortunately, we have a um, you know we have a for profit education system where. You know, you're being told that something is valuable by the person that's selling it to you. So you can go and take a philosophy course with somebody and say, hey, this is going to change your life, but how do you actually know that that's the real case? And it becomes problematic in a field like HVAC because there are actual, actually uh, several skills that you need to have, several basic skills and fundamental knowledge that you need to have, but then uh, you need to put that stuff into practice. So when, when a person goes into a, a regular course, and I've seen several of these courses, I've had several students who have taken these courses, you know, you get the whole story and they give you the tour of the campus, and it's, it's very impressive at the time, but is it going to be relevant to the actual job market? And for, for me, being that I work on both sides of the aisle, I work with people getting into the industry, and then I work with people in the industry, I work with property managers, service people, you know, I, I kind of have a broader understanding of the total industry. So, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, going to a course, what I would suggest for uh, schools is have a list of former customers, of former students that you can refer to prospective students to speak to and hopefully get an unbiased opinion. You know, not just the, you know, few people who like you, like the people... A school should be able to say, and this is something I'd be perfectly willing to do, give out a list of phone numbers of former students and say, hey, uh, you can go or, or contact students and say, hey, this person wants information. Would you feel comfortable contacting them to talk about the school? Because outside of that, I don't, I, I, it's, it's kind of like um, uh, when people go online to buy a product and they look at other people's reviews. You know, and that's kind of the that's that's playing a big part in the way that people buy products. I think it needs to be something similar for schools. Just 
I think everybody needs to step up their game to make sure I'm not just taking this person's money just because this this is how I make a living. Like, no, I, I need to try to bring add value to help people. Right. You're looking for that social proof, you know, whether it be through, you know, like you said, references or referrals or somebody else that they can talk to kind of peer to peer outside of the person teaching the course. Yes. And, you know, for me, I, I actually have a, a network of my former students that I, I try to keep uh, uh, in contact with each other. This in New York City, you know, the area that I specifically teach for building engineering, these are six-figure jobs. So it's, it's a very competitive landscape. And um, there's no, it, it could take somebody six months to a year or more to actually get one of these jobs. And it is a very frustrating and lonely process. So I want to keep my former students engaged with each other because over that course of time, you're going to forget everything that you actually know if you're not actually doing the job on a daily basis. Uh, I think networking in this industry, you know, has to become more and more important. Like, you know, one of the things I do is network on like LinkedIn. That's uh, how we uh, uh, came into contact with each other. You know, there has to be something specific to this industry, though, where, you know, we're sharing that common language and we're we're supporting each other. Because to me, it's the it's the, the lack of understanding of this industry that's really harming the industry, where. If somebody is looking to enter the industry, they don't know where to start. If somebody's looking for, you know, a solution on, on their particular job, there's nobody to reach out to. If somebody's looking to add, you know, some, uh, some um, new equipment to their facility, how do you know it's going to benefit your facility if you haven't seen it in operation in another facility? So we need to do a, a, a much better job networking in this industry. So besides networking, what other soft skills are you going to recommend to, you know, people entering the industry, young people entering the industry to really be able to, you know, get their, get their portfolio of skills up to, you know, up to par? Sure. Uh, Well, um, one of the things that I'm trying to do is actually take students into the real world. Um, I think there's a difference between performing in a classroom and performing on an actual job where there's actual real circumstances on the line. Um, uh, in terms of skills, it's not just one of the things about working, especially for young people, that young people need to learn is communication skills. So it's not just, yeah, I can, I can do this job and I can do the job okay. You have to be able to communicate with people because even if I'm going to troubleshoot a, a, a particular job, you need to be able to, to identify what the problem is or, you know, where the problem is coming from or what it is related to so that you, you're not wasting time. Um, you also have to be able to deal with people who are going to be frustrated, uh, who are not going to talk to you politely all the time. And with young people, especially nowadays, there's, you know, uh, we're, young people are very uh, uh, quick to lash out to people they feel are disrespecting them because we, we separate in this country, we separate learning from working. We say, okay, for this period of time, you're, you're going to school and you're just supposed to be learning. And, oh, you fail, like it's not a big deal. No, no, no. Going to school is actually a job. It just happens to be your job at that period of time. But we don't, our young people don't have that, um, that view of it. So, you know, they, they maintain this childish perspective that, hey, you know, I can mess around and play around. 
Well, all that changes when you go to work. So when you go to that work environment, and it is a serious environment, you have to watch the way you uh, look, the way you speak, and, uh, you know, the way you behave. You know, are you going to be prepared to do that? So, you know, what I'm hoping uh, um, I can help, you know, start and get other people to follow along is uh, changing our apprenticeship system in this country. Um, the, the, the way apprentices typically work is kind of like a, um, you know, three, four-year uh, length of time. I think that's way too long. I think we need to have, like, more of an Uber-style model where people can uh, accompany professionals on job sites to get some of these work skills. I think it will benefit uh, the professional. I think it will benefit the, the student, certainly. But um, uh, in terms of cause people tend to look at it like, oh, I don't want to take this, this, this person who doesn't know anything out into the field. That's fine. But how are you going to identify the next person that you're going to hire? Because if all you do is, you know, post an ad online saying, okay, I want to hire this person, how do you know when that person comes in what they actually know, what they've actually seen, what they've actually done? So to me, we need to uh, create a, a better uh, a connected relationship between our educational providers and our employment services. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. So I guess what is what is the um, you know what's what's up what's next for uh, for Taurus Tech what uh, what are some of the new things that you got going on? Sure. Um, well, uh, I um, I'm going to be seeking uh, uh, accreditation to provide certification training online uh, for different locales throughout the country. Um, I'm working with um, several government organizations. Uh, to create a, a, a programs for different states, so uh, hopefully, along with that, we'll it'll run the gamut, you know, beyond just uh, uh, HVAC in terms of heating and uh, air conditioning, but also uh, fire safety and plumbing, electrical, you know, pretty much everything to do with uh, facilities uh, management. But the thing I'm really, really excited about is the uh, the HVAC camps. Um, uh, I I want to use the HVAC camps as a community uh, classroom where instead of relying upon the traditional uh, uh, learning environments, you know, we'll take advantage of the facilities we have in the communities, the churches, the the schools, the recreational centers, and whatever there is. Any any place that you have a space and you have people, there's an opportunity to teach something. And HVAC is a skill that... uh, it encompasses so much. You know, you can show somebody, you open up an air conditioner and show somebody what's inside of that thing. You're teaching them so much about the world from, you know, thermodynamics and uh, 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 electricity and mechanics and all these different things. And even if they don't end up pursuing a career in HVAC, teaching them a little bit of uh, understanding about all these different things can put them on the path to achieve, you know, who knows what in a different arena. So that's really why I'm so excited about HVAC because HVAC is not one one specific thing. It's a lot of different things wrapped up in one that if you have people, you have a need to control the environment. So that's that's really what I'm excited about right now. Fantastic. So if somebody wanted to learn more about uh, HVAC camps now and, and, and you're you're. 
obviously you've, you've gotten some, what, pilot programs going or you're, are you looking for, um, you know, people to, to reach out and help you with these HVAC camps? Absolutely. Um, I was actually uh, starting a, a new one today in uh, Queens in New York. And I've had uh, several people reach out to me saying they want to do HVAC camps nationwide, and that's my goal. Uh, what, what, the way I envision myself, because I don't, I don't want to come off like I'm an expert on everything. If anything, you know, me doing this stuff now is allowing me to learn more. Uh, while I've been, I've been teaching almost 15 years, and I realized recently that being stuck in a classroom stunted my own growth. I, I, I am very good at the, the things I've been exposed to, but there's so much beyond that that I haven't been exposed to. And I, I really wanted to put myself into that uh, environment where I can be learning again. So I, I'm always reaching out to other people. Please feel free to contact me. You can go to the uh, HVAC Tutor website or uh, send me an email, Taurus at HVAC Tutor. That's T-A-U-R-I-S at HVACTutor.com. Um, I want to have HVAC camps nationwide. You know, I, I, when I, I got my certification to be an EPA proctor, I discovered that uh, for the 608 technician, um, there's no age restriction to get a, 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 a 608 technician certification. That is the basic requirement to work in this field. So theoretically, you can take a teenager and, you know, have them get their uh, EPA certification. And as long as they're allowed to work, they can go out in the field and get some real-world work skills. So when I hear people saying, complaining about unemployment, complaining about uh, teenage unemployment, complaining about the next generation, to me this would be the perfect opportunity for us to create something that could benefit, young, and not just young people. You know, I don't want to make it seem like it's just about teenagers. To me... There, we're not, uh, at this, uh, this service we're going to uh, start today, we're going to have people of all ages. I, I want to have people of all ages learning this subject matter because, again, with this field, this field is everywhere, and it will always be necessary, and there will always be jobs. And there will, I don't care if they uh, come out with self-driving cars tomorrow, they're not going to have a uh, 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 AI or robotic uh, uh, service technicians, there will always be a need for humans to work in this industry. And we are short literally hundreds of thousands of skilled tradespeople in this country. So something has to happen, and it has to happen right now. And if I can be an inspiration or a facilitator or whatever to get other people to want to come on this journey with me, I'll feel free. To, to invite everybody right now, please contact me and let's get this going. Right, you know, and 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 just like you said, you know, it's it's not about hey, I'm 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 fixing reg- residential furnaces. It's like you can you can you can grow to you know fix commercial equipment, large commercial equipment. You could you could go. I mean, there's so many industries out there that people just aren't aware of, just because you know it's it's heating and cooling, but it's so vast. It's you know it's working for a manufacturer. It's it's you know learning how to program. Uh, for temperature controls, there's so many different skills and job opportunities out there that people can, yes. you know, grow into. You know, and 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 again, yes, like sir. like you said, you know, these are not, you know, if you're highly competitive and you get your skills 
um, you know, at the top of their game, it, it's not it's not a minimum wage kind of occupation. Let me tell you, I, I have friends who work in this industry who make a quarter million dollars a year. You know, it's <laughs> you, you and, and these people don't work very hard. That's the, the, the crazy thing about it. This industry is one in which you can grow. You, you, you can you can continue to grow in your career and your earning potential and it only gets you know broader and broader because what it comes down to is we have uh, other industries which rely upon environmental control so what, what I, I don't think people really understand you know you, you say HVAC and people think an air conditioner or hot water heater or something um, the the internet, would not exist without 24-7, 365 temperature and humidity control. Uh, the internet uh, is, they, they use the cloud. The internet is actually a bunch of computers in, in data, data centers that need to be, have their climate control 24-7. And these things are vast. Uh, the, uh, the, our cell phones, each one of our uh, cell phone towers has uh, 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 basically an uh, uh, HVAC unit to control temperature and humidity to make sure that it continues to work. So all of these new technologies that we are relying upon, we just think that they exist out there and it's all magical. No, it's all practical. If somebody is servicing that equipment. Somebody is designing that equipment. If somebody is designing the next piece of equipment. And it's always changing. And that's what frustrates me so much the way that this stuff is taught is like it's in the stone age their piece of equipment that I, I i've taught that you would find in a museum and you're we're not introducing people to the the newer technologies that are that are taking and right now listen with the uh, the epa uh, uh changeover of refrigerants um you're going to see a changeover of probably 75% of the equipment that exists in the industry within the next five to 10 years. That is a tremendous amount of jobs that are going to be available. But people need to know about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy, but you know, and, and there you just have to, you have to break through the fear of, Hey, you know, is it is it right for me? You, you you have to experience it. You have to you have to get out there. And and the sooner that you do that, the you know the better. You know, if you do it at a younger age, it's easier than an older age. But even if if you're doing something and you're like, you know what, I just can't I can't handle this anymore. There are other options out there that that aren't difficult. This isn't rocket science. Um, you know, and and it's and it's it's definitely achievable. Yeah, and it's it's funny to me because well, when I started doing my um my online course, you know, I, I realized I wanted to have hands-on components to it that I wouldn't be able to um, have, you know, people around the country come to me directly. But you know what? Everybody literally has the equipment in their home. Everybody, uh, like I create assignments where a person can take their air conditioner at home and you can, you know, take a, a, a reading on your evaporator and your condenser. You can take an electrical reading. All of this stuff surrounds us, but... You know, aside from telling the child not to stick a fork in an outlet, we, we really should be introducing people to it. So to say that this is what is taking place. And as soon, it, it, when you have a mind which discovers something new, it literally opens up the world to them. 
to say, you know what, this is just a little piece of the puzzle. And it puts you there, because this is what happened to me, it puts you on a path where you want to learn more. Because if you feel like you can constantly learn more, then we wouldn't have the, the type of insecurity that we have in this country right now as it relates to jobs. And, like, you know, you, you have people who are, um, uh, like the coal miners, the coal miners saying, well, you know, we don't want to lose our jobs. It's because they feel like they won't get another job. And that's what we have to change in this country. We have to be able to have people say, you know what, industries come and go. However, as human beings, we are always able to adapt ourselves to new circumstances to find new ways to provide for ourselves. And if we, if we can convince people of that, there will be less insecurity and less anger and less you know, consternation that we have today. Fantastic. Well, I, Torres, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. No problem. All right. Thanks again to Taurus McBride from Taurus Tech for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, check out the show notes for links to any of the things that we've mentioned during the interview. You can find that at the, the show notes, that is, at HVAC360.com slash 84. So I make that uh, nice and easy for you to find and remember. As promised, here's my highlights from this interview. All right, step number one, to get further on your career path, you need skills and you may need certificates. Now, uh, it's important, and I like what Taurus had to say about this, but don't be surprised about uh, additional things that you may need. And, and certainly don't let yourself get in the position where you're financially burdened uh, by the certificates certifications that you get. Uh, some of them are required, but some training is more expensive than it actually needs to be. So the best way to do this is really find your mentor, find a mentor to help you navigate this educational uh, landscape. Number two, just because you learn something doesn't mean that you don't need to practice it. Always keep sharp. I mean, this goes from technicians to engineers. We don't do everything that we know on a daily basis. It's, it's, we'll do it once in one month, and then we'll do it again in another month. And it's some one of those things that you really need to keep uh, sharp on. So look for ways to be able to train uh, or to have your own HVAC camp uh, in, your own, uh, in your own life. All right, number three, educational products in schools should probably have, if they don't already, have a list of references that you can check to get that social proof uh, from other people. So it's not even a bad idea. Obviously, you, when you go interview people, you have a list of references as well, and your business should have a list of references that people can call and contact to get that social proof. I mean, our world today, it, our words still mean something, so we need to be able to communicate that uh, through other people. The important thing is if you're going to pick references, whether it be for uh, a job or whether it be for your business, uh, make sure that you get real advocates uh, on your side. Uh, not just everybody can be a good reference to you because there's a difference between just being a reference and having a good reference or a great reference. If you have somebody that's like, you know, this this you know this person can do no wrong, this firm can do no wrong, that's the kind of person that you want to have speaking on your behalf as a reference because that can really give that emotional uh, connection with the person uh, receiving the reference. So that's step number three. Number four, and I really like this, it's 
from the from what he said is learn to relate to difficult people learn to learn that as a skill to be able to negotiate and to deal with difficult people uh you know it it, it kind of struck a chord with me because i've i've my son has a teacher that he doesn't particularly like that's that's kind of difficult and i'm like you know what use this as a growing opportunity you may not you have to succeed despite uh, your relationship with this person. Try, try to, to be maybe try to be extra nice. Try to change the relationship, uh, just or try to get past it. But it's going to be like that in real life. And you know, it's it's funny because it, difficult people. It's not that that's a permanent situation. Difficult people might be, hey, somebody had a bad day and they're kind of hard to deal with, or somebody's yelling because you know they're just going through, through some tough times. It doesn't always have to be a constantly negative person, even though I know those people are out there. So, all right, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. If you know anybody that is looking to change jobs or looking to get into this industry, uh, maybe share this episode with them. Uh, It'll increase your connection with them. And who knows, maybe it'll save them a couple thousand dollars in a decision that, you know, in a better decision that they can make. Also, as I mentioned at the top of the show, if you can do one thing for me, subscribe to my list if you haven't already. That's at HVAC360.com for more trick-or-treats in the form of weekly updates. And if you are so moved to do anything else aside from that, uh, I'd love it if you would consider leaving me a rating on iTunes. That's a wrap for this episode of HVAC 360. I'm Matt Nelson, helping you go further faster in the field of HVAC. And as always, know what you build and share what you know. <laughs>